Hi guys, Adil here. We didn't mention it on the pod, but this week, EGX is happening in Birmingham. That's the Electronic Games Expo, and a whole schwack of the Out of Lives crew, including Lucy Yearwood and myself, are going. So expect updates, interviews, and salacious picks, perhaps? Anyway, on with the show. Welcome to Tanked Up, the podcast. As you know, because you listen to us regularly about crap beer and video games. I'm Ben Oda, and I'm sat on a sofa next to Adil Koju. Hello. And we're joined over the internet once again by Lucy Eward. Hello. Hey, how are you, Lucy? You right? I'm good. Tired, nice. but I'm good. Tired. Too much drinking, mate. <laughs> Too much work. I've <laughs> <laughs> been at work for a week, and I can't take it anymore, man. <laughs> it's done. I'm it's done. done. you over. Yeah. <laughs> how about you, Adil? you good? Yeah, pretty good. No work for you. Uh, no, actually, I've actually worked on my dissertation this week, so I'm also tired of things. <laughs> actually, no, I'm, I'm actually feeling invigorated about my work for the first time. In nice, a while. nice, good. good. Well, I've got work and a baby, and I'm feeling pretty good, so there's no excuse. <laughs> I didn't realize that this was a loaded how are you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just call you out instantly. Right, we're going to drink some beers, and we're going to talk about some video games. I think, strangely, all of us this week have been playing um, PlayStation games. And as the PlayStation, strangely, and as the PlayStation conference was... Conference? No, it was like an event, wasn't it? Was it an event? It was called the PS4 meeting? PlayStation meeting? Yeah, PlayStation meeting, yeah. 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 Um, We're going to talk a little bit about that and um, the hardware that they released. Just our thoughts on it. But first, as always, beers. What are you going to drink first, Lucy? Um... Well, I was going to drink the Bloody Notorious from... Ooh. You got that? Ooh. We've got that. It's conspiracy. <laughs> it is. Um, we were thinking of doing that second because we've got an amber ale. Oh, yeah, we can do that second. Absolutely oh, okay. no problem. So I'm going to drink from one of your favorite brewers, Ben. Nice. Harbour. Rocket Sorry. Man, um, American Ooh, IPA. That's a good beer. A good one. It's the first yep. time I've had it, so. Stop biasing the testing. <laughs> We're a scientific organization. <laughs> Can't be helped. Can't be helped. Sometimes just when you someone presents it goes, Oh, what about this beer? Try it for yourself. See if you like it. But as soon as they present it, you, your eyes just light up. In fact, that's an excellent yeah. beer. You will enjoy it. <laughs> nice, nice. Right. While you pour, we are going to drink. Um, a collaboration beer. It's Wiper and True and Toast, um, which I believe are a London brewery. They have made um, an amber ale, which is just called Bread Pudding. Um, and Toast basically take old bread and use that in the beer. Ah, uh, um, yes, yeah. I've had yeah. a beer similar to that. I think it was... Um, I think it's called Baby Loan from Brussels um, Beer Project. Okay. Uh, yeah, very like... It's quite distinct, actually. I'd like really malty, um, you know, homely taste to it, but also then you'd find in like I don't know any other stout or something like that. Had quite a distinct flavour to it. Yeah, well, we're sort of because I, I assume that it's the bread is used instead of some of the malt. Mm. 
Yeah, probably. So it'd be interesting to see if it has any kind of effect or whether this just kind of tastes like a, a very balanced, wiper and true sort of beer, really. Um, so it's kind of like a little test beer, something it's different. Uh, 6.4%. Yep. I think it said 15 IBUs, 15, 16 IBUs. Yeah, 16. Batch number one. So it's the uh, first time that they've also, done this. I think there's something, uh, if I can steal the bottle from you when you're done pouring. Um, right. Uh, this hamburger ale contains surplus fresh bread, not old bread. Okay, surplus, surplus. fresh. Right, right. That's it. That, that's, I think, key for day old or end of day. Yes, yes. Um, to replace a fifth of the malt we would normally use. It was developed in collaboration with Toast Ale, whose profits go to the charity feedback to support the fight against food waste. Nice. This beer is inspired by the idea of bread pudding, a dish traditionally made using leftovers. Brewed with a carefully selected hop and malt combination, brandy-soaked currants infused with vanilla and cinnamon. The result is a rich, velvety amber ale with each bottle containing the equivalent of a slice of bread that would have otherwise been wasted. Mm. Spear is unfiltered, unfined, unpasteurized, and alive. Woo. It is naturally fermented in the bottle, producing a yeast sediment at the bottom. Store upright and pour gently to leave it there. Nice. So a fifth yeah. of the malt for uh, a and slice apparently of bread. As we're splitting the bottle, we will each be drinking... Half a slice of bread. Nice. Yes. I've already had two <laughs> slices of bread today, so I've hit Get your fiber. Yep. yep. In the day. Um, have you poured, Lucy? Yeah. And I can see very much why you like this beer. Um, it's got a lovely, lovely aroma, like um, tropical fruits, like a bit of mango. Yep. In there. Uh, I think that's from, like, mainly the citra hops. It's also got mosaic hops and... Um, pretty much love the mosaic hops like mm. probably the best example of that is in the kernel um mosaic pale yeah. ale which i love totally. um but yeah it's really it's really fresh it's very crisp it's um it's just one of those beers that you'd want on like a hot day after work and it's just like instantly refreshing it's really nice yeah yeah nice nice good uh, it is one of my favorites mm. it's just like the quintessential you know american ipa everything yeah. that you want from it it's nice and hoppy. It's nice and fresh. It's, it's lovely. Nice, nice. Well, this wiper and true doesn't. The, the the nose is really, really light. Yeah, it's, it's just not. There's not. You're not getting a huge amount off it at all. In fact, mm. the the first thing I'm noticing is just that it's clearly like a six percent beer. Like I can smell that it has uh, some strength to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd say some light citrus. Okay. Maybe. I, I, yeah, I'm not sure no, what it is. What is it? it's, it's a tang. It's not... Hmm. Yeah, there's just, the nose is very, very delicate, so it's hard to mm. tell. And the taste is quite delicate as well, really. There's not anything that really... There's no big flavour in there that really hits you. It's, it's as you would expect from a wiper and yeah. It's quite balanced. There's a little bit of bitterness. There's a slight amount of sweetness that sort of sits throughout yeah. the whole taste. Mm. I wouldn't have been able to pick this out, but the the um, the, the brandy soaked currants, the currants sort of, yeah, I think is that that slight mm. tardiness. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I wouldn't have been able to pick it out as currants, but I'd probably pick it pick it out of the family that they're in. Yeah, um, yeah. It's yeah. it's really quite nice, but it, even for a wiper and true, I would actually say it's delicate. Yes, very much. Yeah, yeah, very. Um, 
I kind of expected it to be. You kind of have a, a little bit of the malty, mm-hmm. whether that's a little bit of the sweetness as well that you're getting, but it's not. Kind of, you think of a, a beer that's maybe made. You know, they're they're pushing that it's made with bread and it's bread yeah. beer. You'd kind of think that maybe the malty nature yeah. of it would push through a little bit more, but then mm. it's wiper and true, yeah. so it's going to be balanced, isn't it? Also, I mean, thanks to that lovely um, um, description, um, they call it bread pudding because it's reusing leftovers less so than than it's sort yes, of the yeah, yeah, which is. An odd hmm. naming convention approach. How many IVU did you say it had? Was it 16? It's 16, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's quite low, I would have thought. You know, yeah. Very, very cool. light. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's clearly an unfiltered uh, active yeast beer. Like, it's basically opaque. But, yeah. uh, but yeah. the actual colouring of it is like a, um, like a um, premium honey. Mm, mm. It's very, oh. very amber, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You almost expect to see a tiny mosquito hidden in there, <laughs> lost for centuries. Yeah, it turns out that uh, if you put this into a genetic centrifuge, a raptor comes out. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Right, let's begin with... This, which I will be pitching to Wiper and True as the tagline for this beer. <laughs> Do it. Um, we should begin with games. Uh, would either of you like to, to kick off? Uh, yeah, um, just... Um, oh, ooh. go ahead. Ooh. I was just going to say, because um, I haven't really been playing much this week, so mine's probably just going to be a short one. Um, it's just yeah. Ratchet and Clank for for PS4. The um, I guess it's called a it's a remake. It's not really a remaster. Yeah. It's a remake of the first one. Yeah, um, yeah I didn't yeah. really play the first one. I mean, have either of you two played the first one? Were you? Yeah, I think I played it. Um, I think I'd rented it when it came out. Mm. And only yeah. played it maybe for a few days, it's, and then never played another one again. It wasn't really. Uh, I like platformers, but it's not. Uh, I think that more cartoony, kiddie kind of thing. Maybe I was just a little bit too past the aesthetic yeah. of it, and, and the game when it came it, out. But. Exactly. It, was that Tools of Destruction? Was that the first? I think, no, I think it was just called Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I think yeah, the second one was called Going Commando or something like that. Oh, right. Tools I'm not sure. Much later, yeah. Mm. I, whatever. I, I played one of them on the PS3 because uh, I think I either I got it free with the PS3 or a buddy of mine got it free with his PS3 and just gave it to me because yeah. he knew he'd never play it. Mm. And again, yeah. I played similar to you. I played it for for a little bit and then it just yeah. sat on the shelf. Yeah. I didn't even trade it in or anything. I don't know mm. why. Mm. So, what do you think of the uh, having not played the? The original, I suppose, yeah. this, this remake is sort of based on. What do you think of uh, of it as a first impression? I suppose. Yeah, I think it's it's really good. I mean, it's one of the um, my favourite PS4 games. Like, well, first party yeah. exclusives, I'd say. Um, other than Uncharted and Until Dawn, I think this is right there. You know, up in like the higher echelons of like the PS4 exclusivities. Um, like you, Ben, I didn't play the first one because um, I think, yeah, I was pro- I think I was a teenager when it came out. You know, I was playing games mm. like The Getaway and GTA 3 and stuff like that. Yeah, so, exactly, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I was a bit past that 3D platformer thing, but I've always liked 3D platformers like Spyro the Dragon, another Insomniac game. Yes. like one of my favourite games ever. So it's nice to see 3D platformers coming back, and it's surprising how much you realise that you actually miss them. Um, I think mm. it's like maybe it's you know thing to do with aging because like probably kids nowadays if you I mean if you have a kid I'd say definitely make them play Ratchet and Clank but 
they think they might think, oh, I want to play Call of Duty or something like that. So, it all. It, it, I think it's more of a nostalgia trip more than anything else. But um, yeah, yeah. It, but nevertheless, it's got really good gameplay. Um, the story is, yeah, you know, it's comical. I mean, I'm not too invested in the story, but it's comical writing. You know, characters are likable. It's one of the prettiest games I've seen on the console. Um, nice. Yeah. It, it, it's it's colourful, it's as zany, it's wacky, it's got really interesting weapons that, you know, the developer's renowned for. So it's like, it's a really good game. I think about eight hours into it, I think probably, it's probably, the, you know, the overall story's probably about maybe 15 hours. And if you want to go okay. and do all the side quests, which, are, which I'm finding that I am doing, which is mm. surprising because usually I would have thought I'm just going to blast through the single player campaign and that's it. But it's just a testament to how addictive and you know fun the gameplay is. So, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I haven't picked it up this week, but I am still thinking about it. Like every time I like because I've just started back at work, it's like I don't want to play anything too intensive or anything like that. I'm just thinking mm. I just want to play some Ratchet and Clank and have fun. And that's all I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah just because mm. it, because it is fun. Yeah, that it's is... relaxing. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It it seems to be that part of that those sort of these kind of platformers. They don't take themselves too seriously, and they're always. Um, I suppose maybe it's partly the sort of cartoony kind of aesthetic as well. But yeah. they do just put themselves over as, as you know the number one thing that you're going to get from this is just that it's a fun experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, with stuff like the, the the previous games like Spyro and stuff. Mechanically, they weren't always tight. They were good. Yeah, they they weren't they weren't uh, along the lines of um, Dark Souls. Like they weren't uh, trying yes. to punish you by being a platformer. Mm. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> yeah. It, you always knew that it would you'd, you'd be able to turn it on and you'd just be able to have fun for sort of like twenty minutes or whatever you were going to to, to play it for. I think yeah. that, I think that's called the um, Mario Three property. Yeah, yeah. What fun! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're off to have some Mario Three. Well, you know, like like a, a a platformer which you can pick up and have fun and it. Yeah. Like, I wasn't very Mario good at it when 3 I first got is it. sometimes stressful. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, if you've only got a set amount of lives, if it was on like virtual console, then yeah, I can just save and it's fine. But finite number of lives, platformer. That's not fun Fair. anymore. <laughs> so, uh, Ratchet and Clank doesn't have any of that. Then is it, uh, or have you I'm not experienced? No, because even with even with like Spyro and stuff like that, you had a. A set amount of lies, but you'd always be able to go back to a save state yeah. at some point yeah. to be able to try. No, and I, I don't think so. I think it's you die, you respawn, and that's it. Like, yeah, in, in the section you were at, and that's it. It's fairly easy. So, but yeah, mm. it's good. Nice, nice. So it's definitely a definitely a pickup if you've got yeah. A PS4. If you've got a PS4, I mean, there's not much coming this um, holiday. You know, this is the time <laughs> to pick it up. You know, like. Probably it's, it's been a good six months since it came out. Probably on sale. It, it's worth it, you know. Just fun Christmas game. Yeah. Nice, nice. And I know it released at a slightly reduced price to uh, to most games. Yeah, like most games yeah. these days are priced at around forty forty two pounds. Mm. And this came out at something like twenty nine ninety nine, didn't it? It was about yeah. thirty pound game. So I asked for it for my birthday, and I was like, "This is like one of the best birthday gifts ever because it's it didn't <laughs> cost a person that much, and it's like." Hours of entertainment. It's like being a kid again. Nice. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Adol, how about you, man? What have you been playing? Um, a handful of things. Um, 
But uh, I, on the on the PlayStation front, uh, I played Badlands. The yep. oh, PS the uh, now oh, yes. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah the that, that, And uh, I um, I played it on the Vita, and uh, I got fairly bored of it fairly quick. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's one, yeah, it's one of those sort of platformers where you're a black blob, um, and you. You go through the levels, and you you know there's things that make you bigger, things that make you smaller. What the one unique thing is, um, it's uh, it's like those really terrible um, in Mario Three the the um, fortress slash dungeon battles where the, the, you have to keep pace with the level because yep. the level yeah. constantly yeah, moving. Yeah. It's like that. So like if you, if you miss a, like a shrink power up, and then you get to the, some point you're stuck. You're stuck because you can't fit through the gap. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, I mean, that's interesting, but I just felt like there wasn't enough, like maybe it's cause it's the early levels and it wasn't that hard. Um, but I was just like, okay, I, I, even if I, I die once, that's fine. And now I know exactly what to do. And most of the time I was never, like I see a power up, I'd figure out while looking at the screen, what to do. I was never yeah, really, yeah. uh, put in danger of how, the moving wall. Like how quickly is it? Is it a Mario oh, 3? quite or slow. It, yeah. Right? It's like, um, cause when you said that, I'm sort of almost thinking, uh, even though that, that mechanic isn't in Super Meat Boy as such, you're sort of thinking of that kind of speed of... Oh, yes. Of no, it's way slower. Right, okay. Mm. Yeah, I would say it's probably half to a third the speed of, like, really? the Mario 3 floating fortresses. Oh, wow. Like, it's not... Man, it's probably closer to two-thirds, man. It's, it doesn't feel qu- quick at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So isn't, you're not isn't, really feeling under any time pressure. Isn't one of the main mechanics of the game that... Um, because you start with a you know, relatively big size blob don't they um yeah. doesn't it you know separate and disperse into several tiny blobs and then one of the main aims of like finishing a level is getting as many of those to finish the level i mean i'm not too educated on this game because like you would do i played it on xbox one it's i only probably got through the first couple of levels and you know i was right. like yeah i know what it is don't need to play this anymore but um I'm sure that's. Uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure that's one of the um, main hooks of the game. Something like that. It's like, is a sort of two D side scrolling Pikmin when you got all these, um, you know, no, little blobs I, and you I, have to make them all get to the end of the level. I, I'm not sure, but I, 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 I only encountered the the things that made my blob bigger or smaller. I, oh, I didn't okay. play uh, it for too long, probably just as oh. much as oh. you. And it was, um, it it. It reminded me of Nalumbra. Oh mm. yeah, I like that. Um, oh, in like its that. aesthetic, oh, yeah. but yeah, but Nalumbra introduced the mechanics. I mean, when it had a sort of a narrator plot thing, and and it, yeah, um, the narration wasn't that good on that game, but <laughs> yeah, but but it, it it gave them a way of introducing the mechanics mm. at a decent pace, and while because it was able to tell you what the mechanic was, the initial puzzles were were you could. They were more difficult, but you knew exactly what to do because you were more educated, and uh, and also you could take them at your own time. Um, I mm-hmm. think the, one of the problems was with this game was like, oh, that made me bigger. I just sort of bumped into it, and I don't really know why I would care about that. Mm. Um, and oh, like there's no sort of time to um, there's no time to to think or play around. Yeah. You just sort of the moving wall is still there, yeah. so it's not. Yeah. 
you know, it's, okay. it's not super fast, but you don't, you can't just sort of ruminate. Mm. I, think, I think it's good to mention that this was like a really big hit on like iOS, and it might be one of those sort of games where you just pick up and play now and then, like on on your commute or something like that. Um, maybe it doesn't translate as well to console. And even Vita, I would have thought when you said I picked it up on Vita, I would have thought you had a better time on Vita because it seems like one of those games you pick up and play. It's not one of those games you puzzle games that you probably continuously play. It seems like very yeah. level by level, meant to be picked up now and then. Like I, I, I just know. have a handful of of that style game on the Vita, and yeah, there's no yeah. reason for me to keep it installed. Like I, mm. I'd rather play the Lumbra, which is on the yeah. same card. So yeah, um, yeah. Also, it doesn't help that I uh, I finally started Killzone Mercenary on the Vita. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. Which yeah. which is which I had really played before because I. Uh, I was no good with controllers, but now with uh, my Rainbow Six Siege training, um, <laughs> I, I actually do. Like now, I can play a first-person shooter on the Vita, and not, not feel yeah, like a total idiot. So, I, and I was like, oh wow, now I see why this is like. Now I'm looking for other first-person shooters on the platform because it just never like happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I felt the same way because it was given away. That was another PS Plus game, and I, I played it on the Vita. And I was like, this is actually quite fun, but yeah. That first-person shooter on Vita thing didn't last a long time. Sadly. No, I seem to remember they brought out a Call of Duty game at some point, didn't they? With one of the mm. Call of Duty releases, one of the games, or maybe it wasn't one of the um, set-numbered games that yeah. came out. Maybe it was something, a, a game made for Vita with that engine as such. Yeah. Um, wasn't that out, universally but... panned, that one? Like yes, that was... yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. was absolutely destroyed yeah. um, when it was released because people didn't like the control scheme. They didn't think that the Vita was very, very good for... The Vita, I, the, with Killzone, they actually did a good job with um, integrating the touchscreen. Okay. So, for example, you've got your primary and secondary weapon, and permanently on your HUD is a little blue circle that tells you what your secondary... I guess the icon of what your secondary weapon is, yeah. and you just... it's within reach of your th- right thumb, so you can just tap the screen and you switch mm. weapons, and it becomes really fluid. Mm. Um, which, and like, a, you, yeah, you don't really notice that it's a touch screen versus another button. Like, it's just because it's permanently there. Yeah, it's not yeah. in the way. You're just like, oh, and that's my nice switch, you know, weapon button. Um, also, they do, they um, have it so that um, you have a little sort of mini-game-ish thing with um, me- meleeing. So you hit the mm. you hit triangle to melee, and then you go close up, and they, depending on where what their orientation of you and them, it'll draw an arrow, and you'll like either block them if they're punching or smack them, and then two or three moves before you end up stabbing them to death. Okay, and you got to and you do that. Yeah, and it, it always the, shows sort of in a, in a light white yeah, yeah. Um, translucent uh, arrow what yeah. what to do, and you just tra- trace your finger, but it makes you feel like you're not just watching. The assassinate button. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah just the, the go up and backstab button. Just, yeah, and yeah, and yeah. if you fuck it up, it actually you know they won't die as easily. Or they might they might come out immediately and not die, be only injured or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like severed that little part. Mm. Yeah. Totally. Um. Yeah. So um. Uh. I wouldn't bother with the free game. <laughs> um, <laughs> if only because I think Nilumbra was um free. A couple months ago, right? It was, um, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm not like a huge fan of that, but I enjoyed it more. I ended up playing it for at least three times as long. Um, first sitting, first sitting, first sitting. Mm, yeah. Mm. So, 
And yeah, I might be missing something out. I also was using standard controls. I, I tried mm. the touch controls and was like, meh, this doesn't seem like yeah. that much more convenient. And maybe maybe I'm missing something on, on the nuance of the touch controls that the iOS could be. Had. Yeah, it may well be. Because that game was won so many awards. I think it was like Apple's Game of the Year nomination for the year it came out. Oh, geez, and really? like that. So, yeah. That, was, that makes me almost want to reinstall it. To, to, well, no, reinstall <laughs> yeah. it and just t- like go a little further. Mm. Also, the fact that apparently they split into Lemmings. I can't, yeah. I can't imagine I mean, the experience is that much different on iOS versus Vita. Really. Well, I mean, I, 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 I did like one section of one level with the touch controls, and yeah. then I just went back to the box. Mm-hmm. And maybe, right. maybe it is actually more streamlined and more fluid. Mm-hmm. But you feel more comfortable on with buttons. Over well, especially a, if I'm holding them. Yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Mm. Just doesn't, doesn't feel as comfortable, doesn't feel as easy to use sort of the touch I know about that. It just, yeah. I mean, I think I, I'm, I'm old, so I feel like I have more control <laughs> with buttons. Yeah, yeah. With physical, tactile, tactile feel. Yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. Well, we, we, we might brush on the Vita later, or mm-hmm. like Sony did, never speak about it again. <laughs> um, uh, what have you been playing there, Ben? Um, so the uh, game that's taken up most of my time is uh, Infamous Second Son which I picked up on PS4 very, very cheaply in a sale last week, which yeah. may be finished now. Um, but they were selling a lot of the sort of um, release PS4 games yeah. or, mm. you know, that, that first quarter. Launch window, sort of yeah. Release yeah. launch window. Yeah. Um, and Killzone... Knack? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what it was called. Knack, yeah, maybe Knack was... Yeah. But loads of games were, were cheap. And Infamous was the one that sort of jumped out at me. The most because I played the first Infamous game, really enjoyed mm. it. Uh, first Light, which was the based on the Second Sun engine, but it was like a standalone right. um, element. You play as one of the sort of supporting characters yeah. from Second mm. Sun. Um, that was free on PlayStation Plus months ago. and yeah. months ago, um, yeah. and I played that and really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed the Infamous game, so I thought, yep, yeah, great, I'll, I'll pick this up. It's uh, it's almost like a, an open world sort of platformer kind of yeah, game. Yeah. There's a lot of jumping on buildings, moving around with your different powers. I was going to say the, the powers sort of make it the, give it the platforming. Yes, know. yeah, and it's it's interesting because with the first Infamous, you were a character that had one specific set of powers. You had you know various moves that you could do with those powers. With this game, Delson, the most Boring protagonist in gaming history. Oh, that is a tall order. I don't oh, know if God, I, I I'd, I'd have to agree um, with Ben. I'd have to agree. <laughs> really? With wow. Yeah. He's, he's just. Oh my God. He's the worst, and his beanie. Oh, God. Uh, well, it's it's kind of it's set in Seattle, and oh, he is oh. he is kind of how do we embody how do we personify Seattle in one character? Let's uh. try and push as much into this guy as so possible. So wait, is is he a Starbucks or Seattle's best? Uh, <laughs> definitely a Starbucks guy, definitely a Starbucks guy. But he goes around. There's uh, with Infamous. It's an open world game, so there's loads of extra little bits that you can do. And, and with with Delson in this, you can go and um, spray paint. You know, fucking cliche spray paint I, I every so, fucking that, thing possible. That mini game was fun once with the touch pad on the PS4 yeah, controller because yeah. I played that yeah. when it came out. So it was like, oh, this is new touchpad and then after the second one 
Was it the touchpad or was it holding the the, PS- the six axis? Yeah, the six yeah, axis in the DS4. So you yeah. uh, you swing, you hold your controller sideways. He'll shake the can. You, you whip it back up. He'll shake the can again, and then you hold and. The L2 button. Either uses the light bar or or something within the the pad. You you basically move it up and down as if you're shaking. uh, You know, you're using a spray can as such. Uh, So it tries to mimic that. And and as you say, Lucy, it was fun the first time, but then it just yeah yeah, just got exactly. And sorry for the artists who actually drew those murals. And it's like, oh, I'm so proud of this. It's in my game, and nobody probably saw the second one. Because it was <laughs> such a boring it's, mechanic after the, the second time. But it's one <sighs> of those, you, you do the first spray, and you think, okay, well, this is very Banksy. Mm. It is very much that stencil art uh, style. And now, is it also sort of charged politically? Well, it is, yeah. And, and I say that loosely. Yeah. Yeah. In, in a, yeah, yeah. And, it was because um, he was rebelling against the man in that game. Exactly, so like, yeah. exactly. Uh, exactly. And was the man actually just his dad and he didn't want to go to college yet and it was his gap year? Is that the plot? Oh, God. <laughs> um, I mean, there's, there's parts of the story which are okay, but I thought it was generally, it's quite loose. There's not a huge amount of story missions to actually do. And I completed it over maybe four two-hour sessions. Oh, wow. It's only maybe eight to ten hours That's long. Um, and I, I went through, as I do with my first run-through of most of these games... It, first run-through? You're a dad now. You're yeah, only yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but I went, I went through as the good side. Oh, you, yeah. You know, with, saying, with Infamous, yeah. you have like a good karma, bad karma yeah, situation. Yeah, really you should have the in in brackets, because you can yeah. either be famous or yeah, infamous. Yeah. But we, I mean, we've, we've spoken before about you know, choices and decision-making within games and morality and... and, and you know. Your fixed moral code of the developer. Yeah, and so I, I went through as, as good, and that's fine. Mm. It, it was okay. I, I'm not yeah. sure really what it would have given me. There was a few big choices, but ultimately it was just, you're good, so you now get access at level five being good to this power. Or had yeah. you have been evil level five, you would have got this power instead. So yeah, it's not just really... like the, the the Star Wars. Yes, but there's no there's no real benefit to that because if you'd have gone bad, you'd have still got a power. Oh, but, mm. but like so I guess maybe with, with Star Wars it matters because we have like a, uh, a sort of nostalgic attachment to these powers. Like yeah, like possibly in Force Unleashed, I was like, I'm not gonna be good because I want to fucking electrocute people. Yeah, yeah, badass. Yeah. I want to be. <laughs> A, a young emperor, basically, and, and kind of. I think the the first infamous game played on that a little bit, and, and tried to because um, was it the the Force Unleashed? Isn't yeah, it? That's the, the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that the, as I say, the first infamous played on that a little bit because the character Cole um, yeah. had electric powers. Yeah. So you could run around and electrocute yeah. people, whereas. Uh, Delson has what's the first power he smoke. gets? Uh, smoke. You yeah. then go neon. Of course, um, he's from Seattle last, and he's got his beanie and he yeah. smokes. What the a last, douche! I see what you're saying. <laughs> but then it's the, the last yeah, then it's neon, that, and that's the thing. Oh, is it concrete? Finish. Concrete is the last power. Yeah. I think. Okay, you're gonna. And that's usually up, only so. unlocked. That was unlocked after the boss battle, so you could only use yes, that. Yes, yeah, you only you only the, get that afterwards. Yeah, yeah if you yeah. ever so, wanted to go into like the side missions after the campaign, which I really didn't want to do. I mean, <laughs> my. My um, opinions on Infamous Second Son. I mean, it's, I'm going to sound really negative, and I did enjoy 
the game, but it just seems like a typical launch window game, which you pick up, you play, and you never go back to it again. You probably forget about it. It's sort, sort of like Rice on a Rome. You know, really pretty. Yeah, yeah. Got some good ideas, but, you know, it's just didn't really, you know. So, yeah, it it's really more of a, a dressed-up tech demo yeah, experience. That's like, how, like, that's like exactly not, how no effort has been put into making the mm. Like, it's all about gameplay, not about yeah. experience in that sense. Yeah, I think it almost... Which is like your your typical launch window. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's kind of the same. I don't think it was quite as uh, hammered as Knack was. Mm. Um, but it, no, it's not. very similar in that, that it is just... Um, you run through, you do a few things, it's a little bit of gameplay, and there's not yeah. much more to it than that. It doesn't really pull you in mm. that I, I really didn't give a shit about any of the characters it sounds like yeah. you actively it, took it i don't want to spoil it too much but one of the main characters dies and it's like i really don't care i really yeah, didn't care yeah I, and it's like and and I, what i always described with um infamous games is that i know that people lots of people like infamous games but i really find them one-dimensional it's like mm. the choice mm. system if you go good, then that's all you're going to receive. Even if you go, even if you're fifty-two percent good, forty-eight percent bad, the game will decide that you're good. And it's like you only—I think in this one you only unlock oh, one wow. sort of um, like ending, depending on your choices. Because yeah, ex- yeah, yeah because, you can make you can make a final choice at the end whether yeah. to do the good mission. Or the the evil version right. of it, but mine locked and me actually... out of the bad version because I was more good. Too good, I was like, uh, yeah, really, like, really. Well, because I would have gone the bad version any day, <laughs> even though I didn't care <laughs> what happened. I was like, of course, I'd go the bad version, but it locked me out of it. It's like, no, you can't do the bad version. I was like, why? Oh, that's... Just because well, I, I saved someone earlier on. <laughs> but is this is what I'm about one dimension, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, it doesn't give you any incentive, though, to sort of sit in that middle ground, because there's so many none things... None of these games give no, you incentive. There's, there's, uh, there's so many things locked. Like, you have to be level 4 or level 5 good or bad to receive these extra special, better powers than you currently have. Or yeah. it upgrades the power that you have yeah. significantly, that, that suddenly you're running around, and if you, if you headshot... It, so, um, be on the good side... If you manage to headshot someone with a projectile, um, that instantly, rather than killing them, it sort of pacifies them. You get good karma. For headshotting? For, yeah, yeah. But um, mm. it then builds up to a special attack. Which oh, if like you, you know, yeah, you, you, so you've got a meter. And if you press down on the D-pad, you do this special attack once that meter has been filled. So mm. it would give you an incentive to try and do, you know... To not kill people, to fill your meter up if you wanted to be good, mm-hmm. but you could only get that if you were level four good and up. Oh. So, yeah. so it's like you almost have to make that choice and be like, you know, you're going through and you'll get this key choice in the game, and it will say save these people or sacrifice them for something else. And you think, well, the good option is to save them, so I'll save them. You get to another choice later on, and it's you know sacrifice this one person for the greater good which is the good choice or or do something else which is the bad choice and you think actually i wanted to do the bad choice but if i pick that that's going to drop my level yeah which means exactly. i then don't have access to all of this stuff which, which means is I'm not as yeah. powerful and, and yeah the game at this point is then harder which then i can't headshot that person yeah to be able to get good karma my meter won't fill up anymore and suddenly i'm locked out of being able to do stuff yeah so, 
Wait, so that's why I think your level drops, you lose access to the power. Yeah. Mm. So it's not like like you've unlocked this power; it's now yours to use. It's you've unlocked this power, but it, it's like it's like a PS Plus game where if you don't have the <laughs> subscription, you lose all your games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's what I they think, were going yeah. for. Right? To, yeah. That's why I think the game is PlayStation Plus quite badly balanced because you can't blur the lines between good and evil, so you have to go one way or the other. And the most fun about Infamous is going into those skill trees and getting better abilities and getting better powers and becoming more, you know, more potent, more strong and more powerful. And yeah. <laughs> because, because I didn't delve too much into those skill trees, that's another where that's another, how it felt more one dimensional. I was just going pew, 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 pew at my hand, at all these enemies. And that was it. I didn't really delve into the other powers. And it's like, it just, it just felt, it felt quite flat and, but you'd expect that from a launch window game. I still enjoyed it. First Light I enjoyed so much more because I think in Infamous Second Son, you peak when you get Fetch's power. That's the name, isn't it? Fetch. Yeah, the, yeah, the no, Nitty Fetch. Yeah, yeah that's when you peak powers. in that game. The neon powers are the best. The other ones yep. are just god awful. I don't know what that television one was. But anyway. Can, yeah, video. Uh, yeah. Can you yeah. just, can we? Just, yeah. I, I, I'm, I have no information about this game except for what you guys have talked about. You have neon concrete... So you you, you start you start off with smoke, and you have a basic set of abilities. You can um, you shoot projectiles from your hand. You can throw smoke projectiles. Yes, yeah, smoke projectiles. You can so throw. They do nothing. Well, do they go down people's throats and make them? Cough? They must solidify in some way. You do. Get, <laughs> they give you. They give them cancer. Right. Secondhand smoke. You do. Get, you do get a grenade. You do get a grenade which makes them cough and stuns okay. them very slightly. And a few things like that. Neon. You move a lot quicker. You can run up the side of buildings in, a, in, a, in like a light form. You're in, in terms it, of traversal, like it's just the effect. Yeah. It's just Tron. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's yeah, and it's it's a bit more about moving around a little bit quicker. Okay. You've still got the projectile, um, but you, you lose of... the smoke when you get the neon. Yes, okay, yeah, that's you, what yeah. I wasn't understanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, and that's and the worst part. And the worst part is losing the neon because that is the best power. So it just peaks way uh, too early, and it's like yeah. I don't care about these other powers, traversal and combat. Yeah. there's a there's a yeah. lot of um points in the missions as well where it locks you out of being able to use the other powers so you have to stick with the set that you so are you a can change sets you can change it yeah okay. by so you run out of uh, energy and you have to okay. absorb smoke from a, a flaming car or oh, something to be I able see. to recharge yourself gotcha or go up to hence, a neon light to recharge hence neon. now i understand yes, why yeah, okay. yeah. And to, to switch between these powers all you have to do is go and drain the powers from another set right you're, you're um, a you're a um, changeover. you're a oh. uh, absorbing man of yes some sort. yes um yeah. so the, the the big thing i want to see in one of these moral choice games is actual time spent on balancing it such that the like all good is is a, is a viable build. All bad is a viable build. But the core mechanics outside of the the the, the beginning of of um, good and the beginning of bad are super complementary. Mm. Such mm. that if you did the middle ground, I don't even care if it's not quite as good as all good or all bad. Like not quite as useful. Yeah. Um, but then you it would be a viable option to just be a normal mm. person who sometimes yeah. makes moral mistakes. I was I was gonna say that you kind of need the Dungeons and Dragons kind of mindset that there's two different systems balancing. So there's lawful, unlawful, and then there's um there's good and evil, isn't there? Yeah. There's um yeah, there's sorry, lawful, unlawful, chaotic, good, neutral, bad. 
Yes, but that, that's one. So chaotic, yeah. good, neutral, yeah. uh, bad is one set, isn't it? No, good, bad, neutral, bad, and then chaotic is is is, is the is the outlier from right. Okay, anyway. but there's 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 there, there chaotic are chaotic neutral is always what you should play. Is what I'm but, saying. Yeah. But there are there are games which have <laughs> additional systems which allow you to roleplay a little yeah. bit more. Multiple and dimensions. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't just have one choice or the other. You kind of have different ways to, to go about this. But actually, I'm not sure how easy that is to put into a, a game. A, a board game, a, you know, a tabletop roleplay game has been able to, to refine that and put it in. So I think it should I be, told, it totally should be I mean, available. Uh, the problem is that these are, these are always pre- presented as binary choices, which is yeah. fine. Like it doesn't have to get, but ultimately, if you uh, if you look at a set of binary choices, you're going to get a, a, a tree with always two branches, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. But how you interpret that tree is totally different. And so, like, if if there are really paths that are mostly yeses or mostly noes, and all it takes is the programmer to be like, or this classic, this class of yeses is actually chaotic or like yeah yeah this is an easy thing to program it's just how yeah, you're interpreting yeses and noes yeah that kind of yeah you yeah. can mm. easily get the data out of that to, to, on some rubric it's just a question of what is it what what, it, what how does that affect the gameplay and, yeah. and that's the mm. hard, like design element yep. like yeah. i think telltale do the best in terms of that it's not always binary it's like they always blur the lines which is nice and it's like i think yeah telltale do the best yeah, yeah, I think the the Telltale games do very well. Let's um let's move on to our beer and on to our topic. So we're gonna drink the Beaver Town Boneyard. Is that another collaboration beer? Beaver Town it says cross boneyard. Hi. Bloody Notorious Blood Orange Double IPA. Uh, I think yeah. uh, you, I think you didn't quite say that right. I think it's the Beaver Town Boneyard, bloody notorious, blood orange double, IPA. Didn't I give it quite the <laughs> no the intro it deserves? Let's see I, he like. almost had it, but I think the stumble. Yeah, really, yeah. Uh, the the beaver's at what? It's you've, nine point one. Already been. It is. Yeah, you've already been yep. drinking this a little bit, Lucy, haven't you? Yeah, because um, at my local beer shop, um, Cottage Wines in Birmingham, they um had it on tap because I saw oh, it wow. post a picture of um of the beer and I was like right. I had that a few weeks ago at their tap takeover because I had like Beaver Town I had they had Siren yeah yeah um, they had Beaver Town they had Siren and they had uh, who else oh the guys who do Magic Rock yeah that's the oh, ones nice. yeah they had all three of yeah. those um, and they had they had um, the Bloody Notorious on tap and that was the first time I tried it and I was like this is really nice and it doesn't feel like nine point one. Yeah, yeah, and then a couple time, a couple weeks after they had this on tap, and I was like, "Yes, gotta go get this." So I got it Thursday, Thursday night, and it's such a beautiful beer. I mean, can you you can smell it from where you are? I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a uh, it, it's and it smells like, like orange. It does. Yeah. It's got that sort of hoppiness mm-hmm. to it, though, doesn't it? It's mm-hmm. kind of like not a sweet orange. It's kind of a little bit sort of. Bloody? Yeah. Uh, yeah, bloody orange. Uh, bit, bit, bit of caramel as well in the smell. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's interesting is the, the orange notes just f- flow out of the glass, but when you actually take a, like a proper nose, you, f- you can tell how much more is going on. Like, mm. that's where the caramel's mm. coming in. That's where that sort of hoppiness... And that taste is good as well. It doesn't have that really, really sweet 
kind yeah. of uh, the sweetness that you get on the nose isn't quite there in the flavour. It's kind of pared down a little bit to allow these other flavours to come yeah. through a little bit more. So yeah, Certainly. like you say, on the flavour you get that caramel. You, yeah. you get a nice sort of mix uh, of flavours. So that's very good. It's a yeah. very good beer. It's a good job it's only in a little can at 9.1 as well. Yeah. <laughs> I got a whole growler full. Got two liters of it. <laughs> yeah. You still have two liters of it? No. Yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, I only had a glass yesterday, and well, the rest might be gone tonight. So. How Boy, big? How big was that glass? Okay. <laughs> I think it was a growler size. <laughs> yeah, size glass. Nice, two nice. liter glass. Oh, that's like that Family Guy joke with Brian. Brian, I think we have a drink problem. What? I'm only having one drink, and he's drinking wine out of a big gulp. <laughs> uh, wow, I finally got referenced. It feels like 2001. Bloody hell. I'm just an undergrad. Well, we have been talking about PlayStation 4 launch games, so we have gone back a few years, uh, yeah, but maybe but not no, quite that far. But uh, uh, well, Yeah, I've, I've thrown myself off now. I, I only know things I knew in 2001. <laughs> right, let's talk about, then, the PlayStation Meet. That's what it was, wasn't it? PlayStation yeah. meeting. Yes. 2016, where, um, oh God, Andrew House and Sean Layden. No, not Sean Layden. No, He's one of the other Mark guys. What's Cerny. the other guy? Yeah, Mark, Mark Cerny. Cerny. Yeah, there Cerny. you go. Sean Layden would have been better, probably, actually. Oh, he did quite certainly. a lot of their E3 yeah. presentation, didn't he? He was very good. Uh, but, like, uh, uh, Mark Cerny, such a softly spoken man. Oh, God, the yes. The PlayStation 4 has these things in them. Oh, good. I think they more, put him on there. I think he put him on there to hypnotize people. It just didn't work, though. <laughs> and, yeah, I think they thought that, that more more of Sony's fan base uh, were susceptible to ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> Turn on your PlayStation Four. It's very good. <laughs> like. I'm running my hands over a hairbrush. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. We'll talk about sort of our initial impressions and stuff, but they talked about that, or they revealed the PlayStation 4 Slim, which is now going to be the standard PlayStation yeah. 4 model. Which isn't they it? might as well have said, This is the PlayStation 4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they it's, revealed it's, it's the PlayStation just, uh, 4. Yeah, because I looked at Game News and they said the new look PS4. So is it just going to be called the PS4? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They didn't really. Talk much about that one, did they? They, they basically quite... said it's smaller. Yeah, <laughs> they glossed over no, they it because everyone very... knows about it already. Yeah, Keep completely in their homes. <laughs> and then they jumped into the PlayStation Four Pro, okay. which can is we, what can the we pause Neo just a second? Was. What yeah. do you guys think of the aesthetic of the Slim? I don't like it as much as the original. Thank it's you. Ugly. Me too. It's ugly. It's absolutely uh, the only thing I do like about it is the um, the PlayStation symbols. Yeah, the Slim, the PlayStation symbols on the bottom. That's really yeah. clever, like that. But otherwise, they, it's wonderful. But they're, they're only used as, as feet, as such, aren't they? To give you a, yeah. a, a, sort mm. of a, a two Flip mil clearance flat. from whatever the surface is, unless you have it vertically. Which they yeah, I guess if they're rubber, yeah, exist. They, they look weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who stores their PlayStation vertically these days? Who knows? I don't. But who knows? Who knows? I um, do. Yeah. So I also. Uh, really? I do. It's vertical. Why? Because it's next to the PS2 and the PS3, which are also vertical. Vertical, there we go. Yeah, see, the PS3 vertical made the most sense to me of all of them. But I think that's just because in my testing, it sounded like a smaller jet was passing by. Yeah, I used to I used to have my PS2 upside down. Upside down. So you, you'd have to lift it up and then insert the disc? No. 
You didn't have to do that on the... No, that was on the Slim, on the original PlayStation 2. It didn't have a front-loading... Um, it just used to suck games in like the PlayStation 3 did, didn't it? Oh. On the big... Pla- on the right, original I'm thinking, PlayStation I'm actually, 2. I was thinking of the PS3. Don't think of the Slim. No, 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 no mine we're, not, we're not there on the Slim. Mine has a dish tray, the PS. Yes, it did. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I had mine vertically as well. But, so... We've uh, there's these new models of PlayStation that are coming out. They do this with all of the Playstations, don't they? They they iterate. All, all, and they... all consoles now, yeah. except for Nintendo consoles, come out with a sort of mid, where mid really means between sometime after launch window and before mm. retirement. Yeah, because <laughs> um, because I think the Xbox. Uh, Slim actually came not before the halfway of the. Uh, yeah, cycle. it might have done. It might have done. But anyway, it, it, yeah, they just come out with a a smaller version that's just as powerful, maybe more powerful, but does all the things. It, it, it looks usually looks better. It's almost always smaller, and this is literally just economies of scale. Yep. It costs yeah. more money to make the old parts because the the people who make the yep. parts sell them to a bunch of people, and no one's buying those parts. And technology has progressed, so you can have the smaller version of the parts exactly the same price the same or price. probably less yeah yeah and they're just passing that on which means it's just a business decision but what you can do is then give a nice looking piece of kit to the end user so that yeah. they feel like they're getting an upgrade mm-hmm. even though you just are making your bottom line better yeah and yeah. i think the xbox one s is a good example of that done well you know, they, they um, got rid of the power brick. It looks nice. Uh, it can stand up for the weirdos yeah. like me uh, who like I mean, to stand up. I mean, it's a significant, it's a significant iteration and, and, on that. But, but yeah. even, even if it didn't do the 4K garbage, like I think just on aesthetics, like physical properties, it, it, it does enough for, for a Absolutely, yeah. upgrade. That, that, that's a th- yeah. yeah, that's the thing with PlayStation 4. It was It's a perfect console. It, most aspects apart from the noise um you know the sound of hijet engine aesthetically it, it's it's you gotta perfect. crack it open and clean it you know? clean your shit <laughs> i'll do that but get yourself it, some it, more it is, heat flux paste as well uh, thermal, like, paste. thermal paste they always uh, fucking cotton buds yeah the, burns get out. dust away yeah. well I, the mm. dust is apparently the biggest thing but uh but in most but apparently mm. the ps4 is particularly bad for having Cheap thermal paste, mm, such mm. that some people have reported when they've gone to replace it, they it haven't just, found it. Doesn't any, exist. Yeah, which yeah. Means just burning out your, yeah, your chip. Yeah. So um, we will move on. Because what? It's just but a, I'm still talking about the slim. Because it's <laughs> because the slim is kind of just a, a, a new iteration. We're going to move yeah. on to the PS4 Pro. However, before we do, if you you do have a PS4 or you don't have it in this country, but yeah. would you? Upgrade, or would you only buy one if, say, your PlayStation so, broke? Um, very quick, very yeah, quick. So pre-meeting, I was thinking I might that there might be a bundle with the VR, right? And I get the Pro VR, yep, whatever the Pro was um, here, because the odds are I'm going to be here well past June. Don't, don't worry about Pro too much at the moment. Yeah, just, just about the Slim. Oh, sure, the, the bundle with the VR. You're right; it actually probably would be the Slim. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was thinking of that sort of thing. Um, I'm still tempted by the Slim, but only because that will be on sale and I might I miss playing PlayStation games. Yeah, yeah, because you don't have one at the moment. Because it's... mine's in Canada and yep. I'm pretty sure in Christmas I can sell it for a decent price so I can sort of pre-buy its replacement. Yep. 
Um, that's the only reason. Yeah. The only reason is my if I had my PlayStation Four, I would not give two shits about the. Yeah, slim. I'm I'm exactly the same. I'm not going to buy a slim unless my current PlayStation Four died, and I needed to buy a new console. But because they're going to phase out the original model of the PlayStation Four, and I will only be able to buy a slim. Uh, how about you, Lucy? Would you buy a slim? Um, no, no. Fair. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't need any so explanations. The, the, no. So the the big announcement well, from the meeting, the announcement. the announcement, was the the PlayStation Four Pro, which is what the Neo was. Um, the Neo the, was the, the code, the, name, the, for the code the name for it, um, and it is basically a HDR. Mm, no, 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 it's, it's not because it's they're not, bringing a yeah, patch, yeah. aren't they, so to the PlayStation? It is a PlayStation Four. Which has significant processing capabilities such that it can process games at 4K. Yep. Also process more particles. Um, how, and in order to make sure that people don't feel like their PlayStation 4 is now not a new current-gen console, they are requiring developers to basically have... Basically, every PlayStation 4 will play every PlayStation 4 disc. However, new games have the... We'll be able we'll be able to have this premium mode, and and so they will have they will they, if you have a pro you will have the up resed resolution. Although I don't know if that means the textures are down resed for PlayStation mm, maybe, Four, maybe or because they can't can't have both sets if it's on a disc yeah, there's yeah. no space. Because um, otherwise it's bullshit if it's just up resing. Um, and also the that's the fancier looking graphics. Um, will appear on your PS4 Pro. Um, and I thought that was significant, the fact that he outright said there will be some graphical, like not just textures, not just resolution, but that there could be an actual difference in what you, like if you stood 15 feet away where you couldn't tell the resolution, this one would look different because it would have more particles, it would have more effect. So does it, does it also mean that because it's got more particles and more effects that more can be going on? In the background, which essentially means... So we'll take... I know they showed Days Gone as one of the examples, didn't they? Um, running yeah. on, on Pro. So yeah. does that mean that these... Uh, the, the zombies or freakers or whatever they're called in Days Gone, does that mean that with the Pro, they can have more stuff going on 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 screen, which means that they could have more of those? No, they didn't they say there'd be more zombies. Models. No, They said, well, didn't but, say there'd be no. more zombies. They, in theory, that could happen, I'm guessing, but they didn't yeah, say that. They, pro- they said it would be the lighting in that particular demo yeah, when he was throwing the grenade did, yeah, or yeah, Molotov they cocktail. So, so the they is, said the lighting would be we better. Need, mm. We need to differentiate between technically possible and um, actually probable. Yep. Because technically, if, the, if, if lighting is such a bitch, especially because now games are actually, like consoles are powerful enough to use volumetric lighting, mm-hmm. where, where lighting is actually affected by the mm. world around it. And so if you can do volumetric lighting better, then yes, you can have four more zombies. Zombies are easy to make, right? Yep. Like, yeah. But I think, freakers, I, I guarantee you... They are, they are right. freakers, yeah. Um, I guarantee you, at least on the first gen of PS4 Pro slash regular games... They they there's an embargo on obvious like enemy count stuff. Yep, yep. Because oh. that would just make everyone angry. But can the console do that? Yes. Is it possible that someone will make a game which will have 
you know, 1.2 times the, the enemies on the pro mode versus uh, regular? Yes. Is it likely in a year, maybe? Maybe, maybe. maybe. Right? I know, like, because one of, the, one of the big things about the upgrade between the last generation and this generation was that a lot more stuff can happen. Yes. Yeah. And that was, like, you know, was, it, uh, was it Dead Rising 3? Was the yeah the, more zombies the like for the thousands Xbox, of zombies? Like, yeah. you know, you saw that that initial trailer, and it was just waves and waves, right. and just so, just so to the, the eye could see isn't, the amount isn't of stuff like going a on. Generational difference, yeah, so, yeah. so like we're talking, as far as I can tell, again, I'm doing a lot of like um, hand wavy assumptions. Yep. Um, given what they've described and what they've shown, you're not talking about like you know factor of ten, factor of a hundred differences. Um, you're talking about you know like probably times five on simple mm-hmm. enemies. So a lot of this, um, to, to take it to sort of almost a, the, the comparison with, with Xbox, we are looking at something which is almost like a PS 4.5, whereas from my understanding of Scorpio, well, we Scorpio, don't we don't know, we don't know, but from what they said in their, their E3 conference, Scorpio is so much more powerful that it is almost the next generation of Xbox console. So it's next generation. I don't know what yeah, everyone's no. talking about. We're not having generations anymore. It is the next generation. It's clear. Yeah, I think. Mm. Yeah, I think what they're saying is that the Scorpio will run on the same base architecture, such that like, like Xbox 360 backwards compatibility was a thing because it was it's an the entirely same different environment. Yeah. yeah, and I think what I think that in that sense. The Scorpio probably isn't a different generation, but that's also yeah. because everyone's resetting to basic. Like it's, everyone's using basic PC architecture. Yeah, exactly, and yeah. that's not going to change. It's only the PlayStation Three that was the outlier in that kind of. No, the cell. <sighs> which, if they had got, if developers had time to figure it out, I should have trounced the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. Oh, but wait, yeah. developers don't have time to figure out some fucked up environment. What are you insane? <laughs> Yes, it turns out you were, but then you yeah. figured things out and bought off-the-shelf parts for yeah. your PlayStation yeah. So, so, so saying, kind of just saying feels like a... Sorry, saying it's not the next generation is more of a marketing sort of thing, but the fact yeah. that you don't have to, say, change your Xbox controllers or PS4 controllers or you don't, you can, your old games will run to a certain point, maybe a year or two, you know, into the cycle of the next one. Um, I mean, that's a benefit. It's only going to benefit us because, you know, I, I always had to buy an adapter or this and that. So, th- or, you know, past technology peripherals could run on the next thing. So that, in, in terms of consumers, is a good thing. But in Yeah, Moore's Law. Well, I think I, I I think I think when they say well, at least from what I gather from Microsoft, especially with their um, Windows 10 environment approach, I think mm. what they're saying when they say generations are over, they're not talking hardware class. They're not talking about what can run on today's hardware. They're talking. Turn 180 degrees, look behind you. All those things will continue to work for from now for 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 the foreseeable future, and that's why even though you know there'll be Xbox games 
that come out in four years that won't run on current hardware, everything that runs on current hardware will be plug and play. So you're, yeah. we're looking much more at, as we said earlier, a very PC-based approach because PCs don't have generations. Well, Every, they sort of do. They have, like, you, well, especially you have, graphics cards. You, you have, have new releases yeah. of graphics yeah. cards. Yes, but, yes, you do. Yeah, but but it will everything particularly work on your, still yeah. plays yeah. on yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Well, still unless have you're going back to say like yeah. a Windows 95 yeah. game on you. Uh, well, 95 compatibility mode should work. Right, Windows 3.1. Uh, yeah. DOSBox works. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Like Then you're looking at emulation and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. and in fact, one of the, DOSBox um, was one of the big wins because net, especially because it's open source so that people could re-release their games with the DOS emulator fine yep such mm. that you could make money on old games that people wanted to play but like if even if they had the physical media wouldn't run mm. on current computers and mm. that that sort of solved the ancient game problem so i kind of so taking it back to the the, the playstations and the, the what they've what they've announced i kind of think that this is almost the way that playstation are going to be going from now on we're going to it be getting incremental uh, increases do you not think i was no. i think we're going to be into incremental increases every few years and it's almost going to be this is a, it's a PC in a in a PlayStation branded box, mm. and in three years' time, this is the upgrade no. to that. Then this is the upgrade. No, 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 not, not at all. Changing the not architecture. No. You know why I disagree? Because PlayStation have obviously put a lot of emphasis, you know, on the PS4 Pro. Yeah, they yeah. have been. I think they've been blindsided by what Xbox did, which is surprising because they had three months to prepare this ps4 meeting but yes but, that but neo was in development be, before exactly yeah so so it's a bit tricky in that sense because i think that's you know, why the, the meeting was so low-key mm. mm, the, the the parts would have been bought you know the playstation the, the final ps4 pro sorry that the schematics and everything would have been done by then but yeah yeah what's concerning for me is if ps playstation are banking on this new pro to be their console for the next few years it doesn't matter this this holiday because you know there's there's about four different um ps4 consoles out on the market they'll outsell xbox <laughs> once again no problem yeah they have to just just even yeah. if you know the, the sales are split across all all platforms and vr they'll outdo xbox any day of the week but what concerns me is when xbox scorpio Maybe it's not a giant leap in terms of PS4 Pro, but depending on how they market it, and if people start flocking to Xbox, um, you know, and Microsoft, what are PlayStation going to do if they don't have anything to compete with the Scorpio? Even if it's not on a technical sense, if they don't have anything well, to compete on a marketing sense, because presumably they're not going to put a console next year. R&D will take longer than that. But they can't afford to be off the market in a sense and not have yeah, a yeah. better console they they can't have the ps4 pro plus next year or the year after they yeah. have to come up with the ps4 5 so I mean, PS5 I was gonna, yeah PS4. yeah do we then it's get into the, a, a do we then get into a cycle of ps5 ps5 pro ps6 yeah. ps6 pro so you almost have this 0. 0.5 I think that they saw well, Apple making slim. money hand over fix with, with iPhone 6, iPhone 6S. Mm. Like, mm, they, 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 yeah, that's yeah. what they're trying to do, but it's just a fundamentally different thing. Yeah. Like, 
they they saw the, the I think they're chasing the upgrade patterns of phones. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they compared, Andrew the House compared it to um to PCs. He said mid generation of a console generation, um, people will tend to flock to PC to get that extra yes, GPU, did, yeah. the extra power, and it's like no, they because they have a games library that. I think it... concerned yeah, that it was, this generation yeah. will go so long, but it won't. But it's like just wait four years. Well, we release release yeah. a new platform because we technology sort of had, we, extent, we, things are cheaper. Completely, yeah. We used to have console generations that were maybe four or five years, and then Xbox 360 went for what eight years. Yeah. Uh, Play S3 was seven years, yeah. which is possibly the longest console generation we've had. So they are looking to maybe bring that back down again to almost maybe a three or four year, yeah. maybe five year cycle. But five years now, looking at them saying three years on, going, oh, you know, the, the, the Pro is coming out and Xbox three years on saying the Scorpio will be out next year. So that's yeah. a four year cycle. We're getting sh- much shorter and shorter. And what, graphics cards are released every year, mm-hmm. every 18 months maybe. So you're, that's a really short cycle for, for hardware, for PC upgrades, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, um, so are they trying to then ape that and get into the, yeah, but it's... Oh, but the thing is, uh, just because man. I think what they miss is that the average PC user, I think, um, upgrades every third. Right. Generation? So every say if it's an eighteen month cycle, that's three years. That's say four and a half years. Yeah, like yeah. like the average like if you have an, you're looking at a ten series if you have an eight series or a seven series. Yep. GTX because who buys AMD? Um, uh, <laughs> I I said that just to be contrary, but like so yes, their PC is a, such a small market, and yes, there are people buying the new graphics cards all the time. But they're not the same people. No, like, they're not. They're mm-hmm. not sure. When you look at consoles, you don't have the same... Because PCs are so malleable, you have this sort of generation-skipping ability. But with consoles, you don't. And I think that's just a fundamental misunderstanding of markets. Um, I also think that, that Xbox coming out with a Slim, which, besides 4K, is the same thing. And then saying, we also have this high insane and powerful thing coming... In a year and a half, it's going to be great. Yeah, it's exactly what you need to do because what play what PlayStation has done, Sony's done, is said, our, "We've got a more powerful console here now." Oh, but don't be pissed because we'll make sure anything that works on that will work old. Xbox has not made that commitment, so the Scorpio can be an the Xbox like Microsoft can just make it a new generation. They can just say, yeah, "You know what? This thing's so powerful." These are just a new set of games, you yeah. can. or they can say what PlayStation Sony has said, but they have that option, right? And I, I guarantee you, architecturally, you can, it's not an issue. But, but from from just just to finish, I suppose I would come at it slightly differently, and I would think, well, Xbox have just released a Slim, and I can get a Scorpio, or whatever they're going to call it, in a year's time. Mm. Why would I buy a Slim? However, well, there I've, got, the- I've got two hundred and fifty pounds, so I can buy a PlayStation 4, or maybe I'll give it a month and I'll save up the extra £100 and, I can, and then I can buy myself a Pro 
and I can have that now. I can jump between these two different SKUs. If I really wanted to, I could save a little bit more money, or I can wait a year to buy a Scorpio and kind of think, well, I'm spending £300 on a Slim, or £250, however much it is, and then in a year's time, I'm going to be spending another £300, or I'm spending 250 now, or 350 now. I think the question is... um, uh, I think they're, they're so one Xbox isn't chasing new console users. No, they're chasing Existing. PlayStation. Users. They are chasing PlayStation. If yes. I was a PlayStation user, like a like a normal person, and I had heard all the rumors about the Pro, I might have been saving some money. Yeah, having heard of what the Pro was, I could, I'm looking at do I keep saving the money because I shouldn't spend money? No, that's not how people work. Or do I buy this console, which now gives me a bunch of access to a bunch of exclusives for less? Because oh wait, one thing we haven't talked about, and I know we're running out of time, but it's totally unclear what this thing like. They showed a bunch of pretty fucking videos, but they didn't show what the PlayStation Four version looks like. We oh, know what? No one has any idea. Harrison, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you know what? Yeah. I'm gonna buy myself an Xbox One Slim. Because it's out now and it gets 4K, so uh, I have a fancy. I, I, I'm future proof resolution wise, and I get access to a bunch of games. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. It's fair. Just my closing comments um, on this. I just think um, Microsoft, you know, they were falling behind in the console race. Um, they had to do something. With the Xbox One S, that addressed a lot of the feedback and problems that the original Xbox had which is why I would probably buy an Xbox One S. They didn't focus on HDR and 4K on the Xbox One S. That was just, you know, this is just an extra benefit that you get from it. Whereas PlayStation, you had no problems with the PS4. It's running away. It's runaway success. They didn't have to do anything. But yet they come out with the PS4 Pro. I think that was really to sell their HDR and 4K TVs because they focused on that particularly. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I actually thought it was, I thought I was looking at something in January at CES and thinking they were selling their TVs and that's what it was. Um, I imagine that would have come up from the higher ups in Sony, which could yeah, be a potential yeah. problem where PlayStation is still under the Sony umbrella. They have no control of what shareholders want to do. And that's mm. probably why the PS4 Pro exists. And just in terms of going forward in the um, what happens next year, I think Sony will have to come out and compete with the Scorpio. And in at, at this particular time, I don't think it's as doomsday as everyone thinks. Like Xbox have won the console generation because you know this Nothing this so, week no. only this week. No one actually knows. In you know most people outside of gaming circles actually know what's happened in this last week with all the bad PR stuff, Fallout mod outs and uh, mods and mm. stuff like that. But if Sony don't stem the negative press that they're getting, it could get ugly because I think VR will be okay, but in terms of the fact that I have no first-party games this holiday and... Which is nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. That's Perhaps why. we'll talk about that that next week. But you kind of, with your first comment, you kind of read my mind and had a final question for both of you. And it wasn't, will you buy a PlayStation Four Pro? It was, are you going to buy a four K TV? No. <laughs> well, I don't actually have a TV, but four K TVs are still a premium. 
Yeah. Um, the one thing that we sort of glossed over, for those of you who didn't watch the meeting, um, there's a future patch which will um, make all PlayStation 4s HDR capable. Yep. Um, have, having said that, the games themselves have to be made HDR capable. But that does mean that future games um, will look... Will, will, this new uh, advance will, on the right TV, make your current PlayStation 4 able to make these new games look just as good. Now, what I want to say is, I feel like uh, Consumer Electronics is um, outpacing the consumers. Yeah, because completely. two years ago, 4K was the thing. They're like, nope, everyone's going to buy 4K. This is the thing we're going to push. And not a lot of people bought 4K. Mm-hmm. And this past CES, 4K was out the window because every year you have to have a thing. And HDR came out. And HDR is basically just more the ability to show more colors and more contrast. It's a spec that says... High definition resolution? Uh, yes. Yeah. No, high def. High dynamic range. Nobody high knows. Dynamic range. <laughs> no, I, I'm a photographer. I should know. I just blanked. I, yeah, it's a high dynamic range, which literally yes. means the range of colors is high. Yep. Um, and dynamic. Yeah. Uh, so in, in, in photography, that huh. is, means you take several pictures at different exposures and you combine them yep. to have the it's range that you one. couldn't yeah, do yeah. with a camera. With uh, TVs, it means there's a minimum number of colors and a minimum a contrast ratio you have to hit in order to have that spec. Yeah. So um, Sony's actually giving away the thing that's two TV generations in front of everyone, basically. Yeah, I mean, I have and, a 4K and, TV. Mine's 4K. I haven't even checked if it's will work with HDR. I'm not sure if it's HDR. I think it's Dolby, something that these new consoles, that, the Xbox One S... Yeah, and the um, PS4 will work with. I haven't is checked that. Is it less than six months old? I believe so. I only got it as oh, a replacement of my last one. And I think I read somewhere that this might have been a while ago, but that these TVs are getting a firmware update, so they can support HDR. But I care so little about that, I haven't even researched it. I'm considering oh. getting an Xbox One S, but I don't care about the 4K or HDR. That um. time, even people with 4K, if I cared that much, I'd be a PC player. And I think that's where yeah, they don't I think that, that's ultimately what it comes how, down to. If yeah. you actually, yeah, if you gave a shit, you're yeah. a PC player. Yeah, in which case, 4K is not that great of a resolution yeah. pixel. Density. No, we've right. all we've um, all I seen would... how different Uncharted is compared to The Last of Us, and it's like you can do that on the same hardware, and no one's going to yeah. give a crap how pretty it looks. Yeah, we want better gameplay. We want. Um, sturdy, I will rate. say this about HDR. I, I know we're running out of time, but I did actually look into the spec. And in order for a TV to pass the HDR spec, it needs yeah. to be able to render HDR content. It doesn't need to be able to... Um, so content that is HDR uh, spec has some sort of flag. And so there's a workaround where your 4K TV, which doesn't have the high dynamic range of colors, but has a firmware update... Can still show that. ...that allows it to play HDR yeah. content... It gets to say it's an HDR TV. Wow, okay. Yeah, so, I think that's the case with mine, and mine's a Sony. I think yeah. that's what they've done. Yeah, yeah. Like that, yeah. So HDR as a badge doesn't actually, isn't like a, it's the solid thing. So the fact that that's being given away, well, it's like, okay, I don't even know what that means. So it turns out it means that after a firmware update, it'll process things to the same visual clarity and depth as it is now, that these things happen to be fancier looking. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. who gives a shit?
Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So let's finish then for this week. Um, you've had our thoughts on the PlayStation 4 Pro on 4K TVs. Now you're going to get our thoughts on the beers. Ado, what was your favourite beer of the episode? Um, we had the, so we had the, the, the Wiper and True and Toast collaboration, Amber Ale, or the Beaver Town Boneyard. Bloody Notorious Blood Orange Double IPA. Um, I think I'm going to go for the latter. Um, and not just because it's just in your face more. Because it's not. It's actually quite a balanced... Mm. Uh, double IPA. I mean, it's still a double IPA, but I thought there were like the the notes, like that the, there was different moments of taste. It was it was it wasn't just sort of a like a like a in your face IPA. Yeah, yeah, you can have. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and I actually thought, even though the toast was, you know, with this stereotypical wiper and true sort of Balanced slight nuance. Yep. Um, I thought it was in the end, although I mean. It's, Tasty fucking beers, wiper and true. There wasn't a lot that um, that um, sort of would make me pick it over other wipers. Yeah, beers. that's fair. Mm. Yeah, I, I completely, okay. I, I completely agree with you. I don't need to say much more than that. I completely agree. Lucy, you had the Arbor Rocket Man American IPA, yes, and the, that's again the one. Beaver Town Boneyard Bloody mm. Forest Double IPA. Yeah, which uh, do you I, prefer? I, I'm split. I can't decide because I love that Bloody Notorious one. It's it doesn't feel like 9.1. It's something that you could drink, you know, just... It's, yeah, it's very happy. much. It's, yeah, it's, 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 and, and the Rocket Man, it's just something like, you know, you could drink that on a session. It's very, very fresh, very hoppy, very, very crisp. Um, no, I can't decide. I'm, I'm split. That's Get them fair. Back. No, that's fair. So, <laughs> Get them so two good beers this week for you. Yes. Yeah, good, good. So... This week, I'm feeling a little bit tanked up. You don't quite feel that 9.1%, do you, in that in that beer? You don't. It you doesn't don't come through it, in the taste, yeah. but yeah, you definitely suddenly kind of um, after. Sp- <laughs> uh, I, I will say that we've you managed to pick um, infamous and bloody notorious, which I think is oh, a nice good, little nice. Uh, totally you- planned. Yes. <laughs> Weeks, uh, weeks, weeks yeah. in the planning. If someone wanted to talk to you about that amazing planning, Ben, how would they reach um, you? You can reach the podcast at tankedup underscore cast on Twitter. You can reach myself at nova underscore 47. You can also email the podcast if you want to do so and give us longer thoughts than Twitter allows. Uh, Tankedup.cast at gmail.com. Thank you very much, sir. How do they get hold of you, Adam? Uh, besides the tanked up email or the tanked up uh, Twitter, which I occasionally actually touch. Sometimes. Usually to the consternation of Ben because he's like, wait, what is going on? Because it's so rare. <laughs> but then a reply will come. He's like, I don't understand. Oh, what the hell. Um, you can reach me at the Omniarch, T-H-E-O-M-N-I-A-R-C-H. And that's also my handle on all of the things. Nice. Lucy, how do we get hold of you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at beerresistible underscore. I'm usually retweeting what the tanked up guys uh, say and liking yep. all their tweets. So you can find me, well, vicariously right. through them. And if you want to add me on Steam, PS4, Xbox One, no clue how you'd add anybody on Nintendo platforms. But yep, it's Juicy Loose 9. Because <laughs> the Nintendo platform involves 17 rotating <laughs> 56 digit codes one day we might actually speak about nintendo but not NX. today <laughs> <NX>. <laughs> okay. 
Well, yeah, maybe when, when we work out what the annex is. However, Zelda is looking fucking fantastic from all the tiny Doesn't little. Doesn't she always though? She's got oh, such a good fashion no. sense. She does. She does. Right. We have been tanked up for another week. Thank you very much for listening. Remember, we're part of the Out of Lives Network. You can go to outoflives.net to look at lots of articles and listen to loads of other podcasts. But for this week, goodbye. Ciao. Bye. Woohoo. Bob up. Oh. One minute. Where's my phone? Oh, it's never. Nice, Siri. Set a timer for one minute. <laughs> That's a minute. That's got to be a minute. Oh, wow. She she saw you coming a mile away. <laughs> oh, she's just She's already. <laughs> she's already listening. <laughs>